0: Welcome to the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Hello, everyone. My name's Justin Prince. Alongside me is Taylor Burris with the producer, Wayne Owens. We have an hour special episode lined up for you. So let's get started. First things first, we have one special guest with us for this week who had a very special victory, a big second career victory to help lock himself into the eNASCAR nascar Coca-Cola iRacing Series playoffs. Driver for Bode Motorsports, Matt Busa. And Taylor, he did it in spectacular fashion, where he made a last lap pass to take over that race victory at Michigan.
1: He certainly did a very exciting race at Michigan over this past week on Tuesday. He put on an astounding performance, trying to get that last lap out of the final corner, where anyone could have guessed who would have won that race, but it was Matt Busa who comes out on top and also clinches that final spot in the round of 10 for the playoffs this season. So with that, let's go ahead and introduce Matt up here with us. Matt, welcome to the iRacers Download. First and foremost, how do you feel about getting this win and clinching the final spot in the playoffs?
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, first of all. Yeah. Um, yeah going into that race i really didn't have that much expectations i knew um you know if i was up there on the final restart that i would have a chance but there's just so much luck involved with not getting in a wreck at a chaotic track like that with this current package we have and say i go into the race i was just honestly thinking top 20 just get a good points finish stay in the top 20 in points and fight that battle and then before you know it we had that um Caution mid race to put me up front, and we just drove our butt off from there on out. And still doesn't feel quite real. I think once I start testing for Darlington, the first race of the playoffs, then it'll kind of hit like like I'm actually in the playoffs now. But yes, surprisingly, still hasn't really hit.
1: What was one of the things that we noticed from you that just made sure to be able to survive that race? I mean, it was chaotic from start to finish. Drivers having major mistakes incidents happening lap after segment of laps that we saw and especially on the white flag where we saw those battling it out for the race win thinking they had what it took but unfortunately made those small errors that allowed you to slip on by
2: yeah it was there's not a whole lot of um control that the driver has in a race like that you just kind of all you can do is avoid causing a wreck and then just hope you're not in one right in front of you um when duval spun out fallow there right in front of me. I mean, if he, a fella came back down a little as he was spinning and clipped Duvall's uh, right rear corner, I think. And if he didn't clip him, I'm pretty sure it would have came straight down in front of me. So there's a lot of luck involved. And that's why I kind of didn't really have much expectations going into the race. I didn't want to disappoint myself if I didn't win
1: well let's take a look about this season this season has been full of interesting situations that we saw this season I mean more than 12 different winners going into this season and you were the one who clinched that final win how difficult has this season been compared to previous seasons and the talent pool of drivers that we see in the 2021 season
2: yeah, the the talent keeps getting greater and greater almost every year it seems. This is my ninth or tenth full time season doing this and earlier on it was pretty easy I would say to if you had a good setup to run top twenty, even top fifteen. And nowadays some of these races I've started dead last, um, whether it was a qualifying penalty or just strategy. And even around thirtieth place it's it's a struggle to make any passes at all. And um so yeah, the competition aspect is really, really strong. And what was the second part of your question?
1: I was saying the talent pool, what is your thoughts on this 2021 uh, t- pool of drivers that we have for the season?
2: Yeah, I would say it's the strongest it's ever been. Um, the package, only about half the races really promote that driver talent. The short tracks, the road courses, um, tracks like New Hampshire, these um, two-mile tracks, mile-and-a-half tracks, it's more so just setup-based. Um, but yeah, it's going to be... It was really, really tough to get in the playoffs, and the playoffs are going to be even tougher.
0: Keep in mind, there were several cases where we've seen you in a few events. Gamble, especially when it came to strategy as well on fuel. Talk us through that in making those gambles, which in some cases looked like they could play out, but in our cases didn't go towards your direction up until that race in Michigan that ended up going right your way with the timing of the caution flag with so many drivers trying to stretch you to lap 50.
2: Yeah, um, that's strategy. I've been doing multiple races this season, just kind of wild strategies. And that's all because of this new format with winning you're in. So I had the mindset of, you know, if everybody else is going to do one thing, I might as well do the other and just take a gamble. Hopefully I can win on strategy, get myself in the playoffs. And um, as far as the fuel saving goes, that first started at Auto Club. I knew that would be a fuel mileage race from the start. So I saved a lot of fuel, um, got a top five finish there, worked out. And then at Charlotte, I did the same thing, except at Charlotte, I decided to not qualify and start dead last and then just save a lot of fuel in the beginning and be able to push hard the second half of the run. And unfortunately, that race, there was a yellow. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure he would have had a top three easy finish, if not a win. And then coming into Michigan, I decided same strategy, just qualify in the back, save a lot of fuel to start and hope either a caution falls once I get to the front or it goes caution free and I win on fuel mileage. And luckily, the caution came out. I believe I was in third place, about mm-hmm. 48, 49 around there.
0: Yes, indeed. It was an intriguing race overall, to say the very least, at Michigan. And one has been a very wild season as a result of the format. But, of course, it was a big day for you and the organization in Mode Media House and for Mode Motorsports because two years of trying, you get them into victory lane. What was the reaction like from... The Mode crew, after coming away with that victory and the reaction like from your team bosses knowing you finally helped them break through into victory lane.
2: Yeah, it was extra special to get a win with Mode. Um Previously, I was on Williams Esports, and all these teams are really fantastic, and Williams was amazing to be a part of. But with them being based in Europe over there, I never really had great connection with them. We would have like some meetings now and then, but there was never um, like phone calls, face-to-face communication, anything like that. Um, And with Mode, the Mode team owner, JR, he's actually based in Chicago, which is about 30 minutes north of me. I'm in the suburbs. So it's kind of like a home team for me. It kind of worked out perfect. I actually just like picked up t-shirts jr was able to order them locally and i just went and um was probably within like 20 minutes of him and the reaction was um really incredible because jr unlike these other teams um such as like joe gibbs or even williams kind of just came into this series jr has been an avid iracer for many many years and he kind of built this team from the ground up all by himself and then kyle lawn is the other major owner. Um, didn't get to speak with him. He had some meetings out that he's with the Kansas City Chiefs and the preseason activities and all that. But um, JR let me know that he was really thrilled, and they had a phone call to, to discuss it and told Kyle about the race.
0: That's really good to hear that there was such a good reaction to all of that with that victory from Mogue Motorsports and Mode Media House, especially with the significance of it, being able to get yourself into the round of 10 course, in terms of the technical alliance of things you work with, drivers such as Michael Conti and a few other competitors, well, how would you describe that dynamic of preparing for these races week in, week out, to make sure you got those setups up to speed, to make sure you can perform at a lot of these tracks? As you said, a lot of it can come down to setup in part, and of course, those alliances behind the scenes can be very critical.
2: Definitely. The, um, the guys at Team County, we always work our butts off preparing for each race. And I would never wanna be with any other team besides them. They've been more than just a team the past couple of years. We've kind of got to know each other off the track um off discord we've met up numerous times gone on vacations together in arizona grand canyon area and that's the kind of team i've always wanted to be with a group of guys that can bond off the track and as well work hard and bond on the track and for these playoffs we have three of our four drivers in it unfortunately nick who's probably the most deserving of all of us to be in the playoffs with his work ethic he um, didn't make the playoffs this year but we're still all gonna work as one team Nothing's going to change. We're going to build setups probably starting a day or two after each race. have a full two weeks preparation and just give it our all and go for the wins.
1: You mentioned the team uh, atmosphere with you over at Team Conti, not only working together in the sim and through Discord, but also meeting together outside of Discord, outside of the virtual world into the real world. For that, how does that help build the team dynamics to where... People can now realize, you know, when seeing someone face to face instead of over a microphone or a headset, the connections of working together as a team. How does that bond really affect all of you as a team at Team Conti?
2: Yeah, it strengthens the bond um, for sure by a lot. When you're online, you like some of these teams that are I don't know twenty plus members on the team. Some of them have ten or more drivers in the Coke Series alone, and I imagine teams like that that don't meet up in um, in real life and have that face to face communication it's kind of like if you say something negative to somebody online you just kind of rub it off like oh i'm never going to meet that person never have to really face them the reality of it if there's any tension between team members but if you um have this friendship that we've that we've grown um over at team county like when you're testing you know that guys are more than just like essentially co-workers on sim racing they're just friends you know like about their personal life their families you've met it's just a lot better in my opinion and you also for example, when Nick won the championship, like almost all of us had <laughs> tears in our eyes as well, and even my girlfriend, because she's my neck, we were all like just so happy for him when he won that championship. And yeah, I think it'll... the the work ethic too um, improves when you have that friendship with your team because you like want to help each other succeed and you want to see each other have that success.
1: It certainly is the case right there. Let's as soon as we go. You're actually actually on your way up to Michigan right now to work with eNASCAR and NASCAR for this weekend's events at Michigan. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on there. Yeah, it's
2: the first time I'm doing it with them. I think it's the eNASCAR Track Tour started a few weeks ago, if not last month. And what they're doing is they have a hauler for the fans to interact with outside the track. And in that hauler, they have iRacing and we'll be running laps at the virtual michigan and i'll be personally helping out the fans get used to the sim make sure the the car they're driving is a stable setup definitely don't want to give them something really really loose and um there's also going to be rocket league the nascar is partnered with and even a mario kart for the the younger kids so i'll be helping out with all of that and should be a lot of fun and I'm uh Good to see the cup race on Sunday as well.
1: Oh well, Okay, let's be honest. When you go race Mario karts, how many... Which car are you going to select? Which character?
2: Luigi, 100%. Uh,
1: Luigi, okay. There we go. Uh, That's a good choice, I would have to say. Very balanced with the car, of course. But as we see the world of eNASCAR and the virtual world in NASCAR and fans getting more involved, noticing since iRacing's changed over the years, what is your thoughts on how that has changed?
2: Yeah, I think promoting our series and our social media that opened a lot of people's eyes to racing in general not just our series um i think maybe parents would see that and then they'd be like oh look um to the kids they'd be like oh look you can eventually maybe be as good as these guys and the kids see it and they want to join our races and of course they have to work their way up through the ranks which is good too because then they're able to use the sim for years and just grow our membership base and grow our exposure. And it kind of works hand in hand with our series and irising. I feel like the more exposure irising gets is the better for our series. And the more exposure our series gets is better for irising. So it's definitely grown astronomically since um, Coke stepped on board and looking forward to seeing hopefully many more, many more years of this growth.
0: Coming up, more with Matt Fusa for Mode Motorsports. And a driver for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. You're listening to the iRacers download on the Speedsport Podcast
3: Network and NASCAR Digital Media. iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organizes and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scan tracks and cars to choose from, iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsports simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Before we get back to the iRacers download, big-name drivers, big car counts, and one of the biggest weeks of racing, the 50th Annual Dirt Car Nationals at the ultra-fast Volusia Speedway Park Half Mile. Tune in on MAV-TV Thursday, August 26th for Speed Sport Presents Dirt Car UMP Late Models at Volusia. Check your local listings for channel and time. Welcome
0: back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince, along with Taylor Burris, Wayne Owens, our producer, as we are speaking with eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series driver, Matt Busa, One of the things he emphasized just moments ago was the importance of connecting to the upcoming generations. And one of the ways you've been doing that, too, is your work with the Harvick family, in particular, Kevin and Keelan Harvick, tell us a little bit about that and how that started off, especially since that is a very intriguing story, to be able to work with an upcoming driver like Keelan Harvick.
2: Yeah, that, that all started when the eNescar Pro Invitational Series came about um, in 2020, and I believe Harvick was partnered with, I think it was WR1 SimChassis, and they're a partner of my teammate Michael Conti. So. When Harvick needed a new sim in his house for that series, Conti went over, since he lives pretty close to Harvick and he's a partner with WR01, he went over to Harvick's house to help install that new sim rig. And then once NASCAR informed all the drivers that they'd be welcome to work with some Coke drivers as spotters and crew chiefs to help them get used to the sim, um, Harvick was paired up with Conti and behold then I was joining Conti as Harvick's spotter in those races. And um, it's really quite a coincidence because I've been a Harvick fan since probably the year 2000. Um, My my thing as a little kid was the black number three in the Cup Series and the blue number two in the Bush Series at the time. So for me it was pretty surreal to just be able to work with him online in iRacing. And then at uh, Talladega, when Keelan made his iRacing debut on TV, I helped him out a lot for that, and me and Keelan ever since then have just been hanging out on Irishane on Discord, running a lot of different cars and tracks, just helping him not only have fun on the sim but also get better at it. Um, he mentioned he's only nine years old, but he mentioned he has aspirations of joining the Coke Series. So <laughs> we'll see how soon before uh, we get a Harvick in the Coke Series. Um, but yeah, so I've been helping Keelan out with that. And then he invited me to Road America for one of his go-kart races. So that's when um, the photos he's seen, and I've got to hang out with him at the track. And Keelan actually won that race too, so that was a really fun time.
0: It's very interesting to hear about that because it adds that extra bit of extension from what was a storyline at the time, of course, of seeing someone as young as Keelan Harvick run against cup drivers on national TV like that. In your opinion... How has Keelan's growth been so far in the time you've worked with him, if you don't want me asking on the sim side?
2: Yeah, it's been just like the coke series growth, it's been astronomical to be honest. He's he's gone from we were just practicing holding a straight line at Talladega, being able to not bump draft too hard, being able to not hit the apron in the corners. So now it's you know, work on apexes and working on um, saving tires throughout the run, more complex things that are have to learn. And I think it's it's also due to his go-kart in real life. He's been really going at that the last year. I think any experience um, in the real world helps in iRacing too, and vice versa. The more iRacing experience you get, it's essentially just seat time um, for racing, and it helps you in the real world.
0: Very interesting, absolutely. And you mentioned he has the aspirations of competing in the Enas Carcoclai Racing Series. Curious on this, do you see him as a future member of someone like a Team Conte in that regard then in the future?
2: Certainly, I'd, I'd love to have him on, on our team. Um, I think the only the only hindrance is, I know his real life schedule is gonna be very busy, whether it's going to the real tracks to support Kevin or his go-karting career, um, taking it to the next level and racing um, more in Scusa and a few other series he does. And before we know it, that kid will be in Legends cars and late models.
1: You mentioned, you know, the importance of real-world driving to help out with your sim racing, and it could also be vice versa. Do you really think that there's a possibility that we could see a driver work their way up through the ranks of the Coke Series, hop into, let's say, a late model or even a truck down the road, and have the chance to compete in the NASCAR Cup Series? I mean, we see that with Josh Berry as well as, you know, with William Byron, but... Can we see someone maybe out of these ranks of the Coke series that we have currently now make their way up to the cup level one day?
2: I think for sure it's possible. It really all comes down to um, both money and connections, and the connections part, being in our series, is a massive help. Um, for example, like me with Harvick, I did know him. I know other drivers have gotten opportunities. Obviously, the big example is Josh Berry. Um, he kind of got his connection before he was a— Coke series driver back in the day but yeah I think the talent in our series um you know a lot of people that may be just tuning in this is like their first year watching it they may see us as gamers for like their first race but I always say like we're not gamers really we're racers at heart um in the perfect world I think it'll be really really neat if the Coke series champion the next year got a limited time ride in the truck series um i don't know with what team that would work out with maybe a new team and, and like e nascar team going to real life but yeah i think they would do well um carson host of proving it josh barry's proven it's numerous others have had the opportunity to prove it um hopefully one day it's me but who knows
1: <laughs> well hopefully it does happen maybe or you get that opportunity but let's take a step back in time you said you've always been a fan of the sport especially since when harvick started racing back in the early 2000s and what made you want to get involved with iRacing and in sim racing in general yeah um, 1997
2: i believe it was when i was three years old was the first race i saw on tv and that was the bristol race with Earnhardt and terry levantu their famous battle and i remember it very clearly just sitting on the rug, my dad was flipping through the channels, and I saw cars going around fast. And at that time, I already liked Hot Wheels a lot. <laughs> so I told him, like, stop at that channel and watch the end of the race. And then, of about, like, 1999 to 2000, I would say, since then, I've watched every single cup race, almost every single Xfinity race. It's just been my main passion in life. And I believe somewhere around 2009 and November, December, they did a segment on the speed channel with Denny Hamlin and Dale Earnhardt Jr. And they talked about iRacing and immediately I wanted to be a part of that. And I already had NASCAR in 2003 and R factor before that. And to me, iRacing just looked like the next big thing and sure enough, it became just that. And ever since 2009, I've been a member. And ever since 2012, I've been at the pro level, which was my goal from the get-go.
1: And you certainly have been a standing mark in the world of iRacing. Looking at your stats so far since joining in 2009, 463 oval wins, 870 career road wins, 184 dirt road wins, and then 87 dirt oval wins. Amazing to see that you have also a great background in road racing. Explain a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, when I first started my passion for racing at a young age, I was able to do some local go-kart leagues indoors. And then once I got a little bit older, um, late grade school, did a few outdoor go-kart leagues. But once that became too expensive is kind of when I switched to sim racing. Um, I mean, just recently, to give a quick example, when I went to the Road America go-kart event, I believe just the entry fee alone was um, over $1,000, and it doesn't include anything with your cart or transportation, hotels, gas tires, any of that. So um, yeah, I had a little bit of background experience in real life with go-karts. So when I started iRacing, I mainly started with the Pontiac Solstice and the Skip Barber car. Um, I don't think I'm quite good enough to make it in the Road real Championships though. <laughs> but kind of taking that road racing passion and um, put it into the rally cross series where I was in that road championship last year and got one more week to get back into the series this year in the qualifying series.
1: And amazing career that you have had in that. You had picked up a win in 2018 before this win that you had this past week at uh, Michigan. But since you being on here since 2009, you know, from the simplicity that we've seen with iRacing back then to what we see today as of 2021, how much change in iRacing that you've noticed that has improved the dynamics of sim racing, as well as even just the importance of what we all love when it comes to it, and that's just racing in general?
2: Yeah, Um I mean, back in the day, I remember just the, the state of the graphics, like the grass when you would be driving by it or getting the grass, the dirt. Compare that to today, it's, it's massive changes. And I mean, the future is still even looking better and better with, I mean, they got rain coming. Dynamic tracks was a thing um, recently and still is to an extent. The tire model keeps getting better and better. Um, I think it's really endless opportunities for growth for the sim more and more technology um, gets better over the years and computers and laser scanners all their equipment. it's just going to make the sim better and better so i don't think there's ever going to really be a point where it stops being better at least i hope <laughs> i think it'll keep being new things coming out and just can't wait to be a part of it hopefully for many years if not decades to come
1: no pun intended, but there is no mountain high enough that iRacing can scale when it comes to their services, basically. It's safe to say.
2: <laughs> Very true.
1: It certainly is. Well, Matt, before we let you go, where can people go to follow your career, follow Mode Motorsports, as well as keep track of the rest of your season?
2: Um, Yeah, on Twitter, mainly, I guess, is my handle, MBUSA75. And then mode motorsports which is owned by kyle long you can follow him uh just by searching kyle on on twitter the kansas city chiefs player should come up right away and mode motorsports their handle is actually mode media house um you can also follow jr rodriguez he is the other owner at mode motorsports and yeah instagram i have but don't really post any racing stuff that's mainly photography it's a little bit more of the personal side of me I'll talk and, about a little bit um yeah so Besides racing, my main passion is traveling, um, just going on adventures. I My entire childhood, I basically just stayed in Illinois, never really went on any adventures. Or first time on a plane was eighth grade Washington DC trip. After that, it was another five plus years. And then I won a meet and greet with my favorite EDM DJ Hardwell for his Germany concert. And I just said, screw it, I'm going to Germany. <laughs> and that was my second time ever on a plane. And it just opened my eyes to the whole like world of traveling and seeing what crazy experiences there are in this world. And ever since then, I've done trips every year and just found a passion for photography and nature.
1: Very cool indeed. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us this week on the iRacers Download. Of course, that is Matt Boos, a driver of the number 75 for Mode Motorsports. And he is the final driver to clinch his way into the 2021 E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. And we'll look forward to seeing him throughout the rest of the playoffs. Matt, thank you so much for your time.
2: You betcha. Thank you.
1: Of course. Coming up after the break. News of the Week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.
3: iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organizes, hosts, and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scale and tracks and cars to choose from, iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsports simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Before we get back to the iRacers Download, join former NASCAR Xfinity and Cup Series driver Mike Wallace weekly as he sits down with the legends of our sport, from his brother Kenny Wallace to iRock and SRX champion Tony Stewart as they describe how they got started in motorsports. It's Fast Car to NASCAR, and the latest episodes available now on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and your favorite podcast platforms.
1: Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Burr is here along with Justin Prince, our producer, Wayne Owens, as we just finished up with Matt Busa, your winner at Michigan, the final race of the regular season. And Justin, it was a race full of attrition, chaos, and total excitement as another winner clinches their way by winning, not just by getting the most points, but by actually going out there to win this race and get him a shot out of a chance of winning a championship.
0: And it was the type of race Matt Bootson needed for obvious reasons, because coming into that race, he had only a couple top fives and tens on the campaign, but here's the thing that helped him to get this win. It was talked about a little bit with the fuel mileage, with the gambles he's played throughout the season, a majority of the field was trying to stretch it to lap 50. That meant the pace was a bit more slower than usual, yes, at Michigan. But here's the thing. It got crazy with the drivers trying the two-stop strategy. For example, Garrett Maines, among those competitors who were trying that, about a third of the field had elected to try and gamble on strategy. But when Maynes had his incident trying to cut his way through the traffic, just about halfway through the race, pandemonium ensued, I think, Taylor, because that let everything out in terms of the pressure, the frustrations, and the need to perform. And in turn, when you had contact as reference for the race lead between Duan Duval and Ray Alfalo, which, keep in mind, Alfalo needed, and I mean needed, to have a win, to have at least a shot at a top 20, as well as a bunch of other scenarios to go his way. There was so much that ended up happening in that final half of the race that it's a whirlwind, because, again, Busa went from fifth to first in the span of the final restart, essentially. Passed by second-place finisher Jake Matheson. Passed by Jake Nichols, who finished in third. Passed by Michael Conte. And passed by Zach Novak amongst those competitors that he had to try and battle with In the closing stages. And that is your top five. For what was a topsy-turvy race. But to emphasize it. It was wild. It was absolutely wild. And you could see the desperation coming into play. To the point where. You had drivers who were involved with incidents. Saying please no more new winners. Please. Ryan Lewis in particular. Who got the most affected by that victory Taylor, With a P40.
1: It certainly was Justin, and looking at that, that cost him a chance to move on or have a chance of a good finish. Unfortunately, with that major incident, including Vicente Salas, John Gorlinski, a lot of heavy hitters were involved in those that major wreck that we saw that with Garrett yeah. Maines, And if you look at this, you know Logan Clampett, another driver who we talked about, who had a win already this season. He was looking to see if he can extend that by getting that second win to sort of just give him that chance. And then, of course, it would have been a just chaotic battle for that final spot. But also, one thing to note, when it came to Matt Busa, it wasn't like he was someone out of the blue who came out there and stole the win, in a sense. He was actually up there competing the race win he led 19 laps out of the 100 yeah. lap race so he was someone to watch including jake nichols who i thought for sure was another driver who could have had a shot of taking home that checkered flag and it was a great night overall for mode motorsports and then of course throw in young upcoming driver jake matheson who is battling it out there one of those drivers inside the top 10 in points before you included the playoff drivers with those wins, who's been in there for a majority of the season with some strong, decent runs.
0: Yeah, that was the best run, I think, you can say. Matheson has had all season. That car was very much hooked up to be able to get the track position and be able to fight up in the front after being able to find said track position by being one of those drivers who were able to stretch it on fuel and we are able to make it among the furthest of the tanks towards that halfway point caution with Mains and company. But keep this in mind. You mentioned Logan Clampett leading all those laps. Guess who was right behind him much of that time? It was Nick Oninger. And the problem is that cost him the champ chance for a championship, in my honest opinion, is there were power outages and storm issues in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Unfortunately for Oninger, he lost nine laps because of that issue. His lights don't go out. We're probably talking about Oninger possibly in the battle for the race victory, at the very least. Instead, he came with at 35th and needed basically absolute carnage to have any sort of shot, and he, well, he was able to get four laps back, but you're not going to be able to make up nine unless everything happens at Michigan. And I mean, cats and dogs start raining from the sky everything
1: hashtag soon Justin hashtag soon with that (laughs) but if we now take a look at the 2021 eNASCAR playoff grid for this season of course you have Mitchell DeYoung who had the two wins on two of the three road courses that we ran this season but still next up would be Graham Bolin then Keegan Leahy Michael Conti, Bobby Zelensky Logan Clampett Jimmy Mullis Vicente Salas Matt Busa and then finally, Bob Bryant to join this cast of amazing drivers to come out and battle it out for a chance of a prize pool of $300,000. And it now kicks off to probably the most difficult track in the NASCAR circuit, let alone the eNASCAR nascar circuit, Darlington Way- Raceway in two weeks' time. And I got to say, the Beast of the Southeast, The Lady in Black, this will definitely be a track that will get out and bite you very quickly if you are not careful. And I have to say, I would not be surprised to see a, uh, let's see, what would be the proper word? The Darlington Stripe counter appear during that broadcast because no car is going to be safe for that race, let alone the non-playoff drivers who are still going to be in the mix. And we've seen in other series, Monday Night Racing, for example, Non-playoff drivers can be a major issue and challenge for our playoff contenders.
0: And that's going to make things so intriguing to me is it's not just with Darlington, too. It's, It's a round where if you don't know how to drive the tracks or don't know how to keep yourself clean in the right situations, you're going to get your teeth knocked out. Darlington, Bristol, Talladega. That is not an easy slate of playoff races, let me tell you, to try and get yourself to a championship finale in Texas. Because Darlington is so much of a driver's track, especially since it is the high horsepower, low downforce package that's a Darlington raceway, keep in mind. So those drivers are going to be up on the wheel and trying to battle their car slipping and sliding eventually around the circuit. Then you have a track like Bristol, where it's so difficult to make some moves, but it's also a track where... We've seen the leader collected in major incidents several times. And then, of course, the big one at Dega. There's so many chances for drivers to get involved in trouble. It's going to be one of the most chaotic, if not the most chaotic, playoff scenarios and playoffs in the history of the enas I Racing series, by far. Because of the slate of races that are on that calendar and how difficult it's going to be just to win a race, let alone survive it to the checker flag without a dent in your
1: car. It certainly is, and of course, you can catch all the action for the next race at Darlington on September 1st, starting at 8.30 p.m. with the pre-race festivities. And then, of course, we will see all the great action starting at 9 p.m. on all of iRacing and NASCAR streaming services. But as one series gets ready to kick off and come to a close for their championship, a new one is kind of being resurrected. The Force Dynamic Dallara iRacing Grand Prix Championship competes 26 drivers in the Dallara IRO1 in some of the world's greatest Grand Prix circuits across the iRacing service. $25,000 on the line September 16th, Justin. It's great to see Open Wheel Grand Prix Racing back as a world championship here on iRacing.
0: It's going to be a great time for the iRacing service to have this type of a series back. Because, first of all, there are so many big names who are on the road course side of things who began in the initial Grand Prix championships in its heyday and built themselves into some of the legends, even some of the best producers. In racing Broadcasting, like Hugo Wees, were among those drivers who dominated in open-wheel competition about 10 years ago in the predecessors to open championships, open-wheel championships, I should say. But when it comes to the Stellara Iro 1, I think it's going to provide a very different dynamic to a new generation because of the different tire compounds. Because this car is lightning quick when it comes to racing around the road courses. It's going to open up strategy for drivers to think about as well in terms of those said compounds and how they set up their downforce, how they make sure their car rotates properly in the corners. It's going to be a true test of which drivers are the best when it comes to road course racing. And I'm not just saying that because it's a world championship. I'm saying that because... It could be a car that, while it may be a bit on the easier side to learn at first, is one that takes a lot of effort to master. And it's a great opportunity for drivers to showcase they are the masters of Grand Prix racing and know how to strategize when it comes to finding a way to the front and picking the right combinations of tire compounds to run at what part of the race at what specific time.
1: It certainly is, Justin. And talk about the schedule. The schedule runs from September 16th to November 18th. And the tracks that we're going to be going to, you have Watkins Glen, Circuit de Spa Franco Champs, Interlagos, Monza, Silverstone, the Hockenheim Ring, Road America, Red Bull Ring, Suzuka, and the championship finale at Road Atlanta. So a good mix of American, European as well as South American and Japan with some great circuits that will test the limits of these drivers. And, of course, we've seen the Grand Prix Championships in the early days with the Williams Formula 1 car, then going to the McLaren F1 car. Now, finally, with this combination of future and past combining, because if you think about it, you know, this, this type of Formula car that we see that Dallara and iRacing have built – is a mix of what we will see in the future with the 2021 Formula One car, but still yet has some of the past of that V10 engine that just rem- reminisces us of the old, early years of the 2000s and late 90s of Formula One Grand Prix racing.
0: I'm very intrigued to see how it all plays out, is the understatement with all of this, too, as a result, with that flair, with the mix of the old and the new, and with how these tracks are going to drive. I'm really intrigued. To see how it goes in Montreal, for example. Because that always puts on a good show when it comes to real-world Grand Prix racing. Spa, of course, a very much legacy circuit when it comes to speeds. But I'm also very curious to see how everything else plays out throughout the campaign. In terms of which drivers up rise and which drivers fall. I think based on what I've seen from past experiences and how some of the competitors in events such as the Launch McLaren G Challenge, who were a part and are a part of the qualifiers, I think that's going to be very critical as a result. So it's going to be a fun series, to say the very least, to see who comes out on top.
1: It certainly is. And speaking of returning World Championships, the... World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car iRacing World Championship kicks off on November 15th, 2021. Of course, that'll be on a Monday night. No schedule has been released, but we're going back dirt racing as a world championship with the sprint cars. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be chaotic. And hopefully we will see some great racing action. Stay tuned for more information. But Justin, quickly, though, before we go... To on Thursday, August 19th, 2021, the E-NASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series heads to Rockingham. A lot has been going on for the past couple of rounds. Of course, it is none other than Donovan Strauss leading the way in the points championship. But we've had drivers such as Briar LaPrade, Cody Bias, and Jordy Lopez Jr., including Kyle Pedal, who have been staying strong in the top five. Who could you be looking at to take home a good finish here at Rockingham as we preview that race?
0: That's a good question because it's all going to come down in part to how the Snake Splits go for that race. But here's something to consider. If you are among the teams who did not keep up with the change to the racetrack, in particular with the multiple groups coming into play, good luck. Because they've been busy trying to keep up with some of those updates over the past week. That have really changed the way you drive the track. It's still going to be important to race to the bottom of the racetrack, Taylor, but it's now where you can at least search around, use the top line to try and get clean air. That being said, I think it's either going to be a Donovan Strauss or Cody Bias night because both have been dominant. Donovan Strauss has found a way to race on high tire degradation tracks. Cody Bias, he's been close so many times. He needs to break through for a win, in my opinion, to gain some confidence. He has some, but for the reassurance, it would be big for
1: a victory. It certainly would be, and of course, you can catch all the action for that, whether on demand or live. You can watch all the future events on Podium Esports along with Podium 2 for both of those two splits. Well, Justin, it is time that we say goodbye For our special guest that we had, Matt Busa, our producer, Wayne Owens, and my partner here in the booth, Justin Prince, I am Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to another episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.